0: Alright, welcome
1: to the Carly Pilk Boys podcast. I'm David Ferrier. I'm Stephen Merchant. If this is your first time listening, uh, we are a couple of radio presenters in Australia talking about the greatest shambles of a show in the history of broadcast. The Ricky DeVay Show on XFM London in the early 2000s. The radio show it, uh, introduced Carl Pilkington to the public. We're recapping the show week by week. I'm a long-time fan. This is Zach's first time. Today's show, Series 1, Episode 8, a.k.a. Was Steve a Tall Baby? First broadcast, 12th of January, 2002. Zach Mander, overall thoughts? I loved having
0: Carl back. This one has a totally new vibe. The last one was wrapping up the year. This is a new year. New year, new me. New year, new rules from the management, do you think? Don't you get a vibe that they've been told not to talk to Carl? <laughs> they keep referencing that. Um, and I'm like, no, if we learned anything last episode, it's that Carl's the best bit. Mm.
1: And doesn't Steve show good producing instincts in this one? What does he do? Uh, he When it gets to the first good Carl bit, the baguettes yes. thing, yes. Ricky goes to, Ricky's rec- reciting what happened during the song and it was Steve who said, hang on, hang on, Tell it, save it for on air. And then he also notes, wait, let's tell the story after the song. That's right. Great producing. Don't
0: you think the phrase, save it for on air, is a bit of a cliche in radio? You would have heard that.
1: Save it for on air. A thousand times. I've I've said it a lot.
0: When you're in a back room doing the planning meeting and the conversation starts to get a little too entertaining. He's like, guys, we're burning good stuff here. (laughs) It gets too, that's so funny. This is too
1: much fun. Yeah. Save it. Save it. Uh, I think. I think this is something that Steve is generally good at. He's generally good at putting the other two in in the spotlight. I think he's underrated for that.
0: Hmm. That I think ability. He gets better and better at yeah, it as well
1: in this trio. Uh, were you aware of Ricky's early career as a sort of David Bowie knockoff, New
0: Romantics pop star? I have seen a picture. You know, I've seen a picture of like you yeah. know. Can you believe this was Ricky Gervais in his twenties? I have, I might have heard a song once. I don't know. I did. I, I generally know that he was trying to carve his way there, and I think he might have even had like a semi-hit. Like he had a little bit of success. The song, the the clip that they refer to later on Rasmataz is
1: on YouTube. Yeah. And in the comments below, apparently it was quite a big hit in the yep. Philippines. <laughs> really? <laughs> apparently. <laughs> oh. So we'll get to that later. Uh, emails. Email us with your comments, observations. If you've met Ricky, Steve, or Carl, what was that like? Uh, Anything for the show you'd like to contribute. CarlyPilkBoysPod at gmail.com. This one's from Adam. Dudes, have you ever noticed Ricky has the same vibes as Chris Martin from Coldplay? Four good projects from each. The Office, a rush of blood to the head. (laughs) XFM, Viva La Vida. Extras, Parachutes. and Idiot Abroad, X and Y. They both share the same self-indulgent but still trying to be an everyman vibe as well. Like, the promotion of that Col- that Coldplay did on Fallon literally looked like something from an Extras episode. I'm not familiar with the promotion, but I can imagine. Uh, anyway, I thought it, this was a bit weird, so I did some research. Both Ricky and Chris's careers started really in 2000, and their last real good thing was before 2010. So, my theory is... Ricky and Chris are both being held hostage by little monkey fellas wanting bananas, and there are two monkeys who are pretending to be Ricky and Chris. Interesting theory. Oh, and he ends the email with,
0: weird, is it? It certainly is, Adam. I like it. I like how well thought out it is. It took there's, a turn at the end. I like the theory. Of, there's a bit of research done there. Yeah. I think, is he referring to in extras uh, when Chris Martin... Keeps opening his shirt to promote his album. In, <laughs> in, on, yeah, charity, yeah, yeah, charity. Yeah, yeah. On, on the uh, the show within the show. The show that
1: Ricky had. Ricky's character has created, uh, coming on just for a shameless plug. It makes no sense that he would be there. I don't know. I don't know what the um, what the Jimmy Fallon one is. But uh, yeah, I I think you'd also have to um, get on board with the premise that anything Coldplay has done has been oh, good. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Uh, I'm not. They're a very successful band. Yeah. I've never particularly been a fan. Yeah. Um. I don't know. What about you, Zach? I think it's a. Gr- I think it's a really good. Uh. I. I I've liked. You know who Chris Martin is a good friend of Simon Pegg. Is he? And I'm also a big fan of Simon Pegg. And Simon Pegg and Nick Frost did a week of shows on XFM. Yeah. And they had uh, Chris Martin on because they're mates. They're- and what was he like? Very cool. I think he he just performed at Glastonbury. Very just off the cuff and. Talking to a friend. He had a girl with him.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Very rock star. He, w- I've seen Coldplay twice. Um, once. Oh, did, you have,
1: what, did you have a glow-in-the-dark glow wristband that was in sync with everyone Put else in the crowd?
0: Uh, yeah. Of course I did. Were Why, like, singing? I, I, this isn't a... Op- <laughs> it's not, I'm not going to be the one person out of the 60,000 who doesn't. But I wasn't a particular Coldplay fan. This was in 2012, Milo Zilotto. Do you remember that? What? Do you remember that album? No. So See, I'm not... I, that was no, I, I haven't like been paradise, keeping up to date. So you know that one. They had a lot of hits on Para, para, yeah. so paradise. That so, that was at a very... I think... So, I thoroughly enjoyed that concert, but that was at a very... Uh, a time in my life where it, it, it... There's a lot that factors into that rather than particularly the concert. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But you have these memories of times when you're young where you just have these great nights... Uh, I went to see them through the radio station, got tickets a few years later, you know, a couple of years ago. And uh, that experience was quite different. wasn't as good. And so I don't think it was anything to do with them. I think it was just I was five years older and not interested anymore. Your taste had moved on. But he makes jokes. He made a joke. I knew nothing about Coldplay that first time. I just thought the big bands come into the city. Mm. Am I going to get a chance to see a big band like this? What happens if they become a huge, they were already a huge thing. But what happens if history dictates that these guys were this great band and I missed them? That was kind of my thought process. And he made jokes in it about how, you know, thanks for coming out. I know everyone will make fun of you for liking Coldplay. And I was, that was new to me at the time. I was like, do they? I was like, I don't have any thoughts about Coldplay. Do people get laughed at for liking Coldplay? But I guess they do. I th- they're just a they're very a very successful stadium mainstream band. Yes. they're just not they're not cool. Okay, that's what I'll say. I'll say one thing. I was very impressed by is like I'm like how many people in the world could do this?
1: Yeah, like could, how how Hampshire cool is 60, Ed Sheeran? Thousand. Ed Sheeran's
0: not cool. Like, yeah, it, 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 mum, like my mum likes Ed Sheeran. Right. So it's just that sort of. Oh, it's definitely not cool. Probably certainly not cool. But I'm saying it is a skill to play to sixty thousand. Oh, and
1: put on a spectacle. And like what that. He, don't
0: get me wrong, I would go to.
1: And I like spectacle. I would go to most so what, things
0: if, if I got free tickets. What he did that I was impressed by is, like, he knew local references. Oh, that's cool. He referenced, he played a Powderfinger song, which is a Brisbane band. That's very cool. He referenced, he changed the lyrics in a song to be about, a, like, be about Brisbane. He does the Last whole- touch. He knows the city he's in. And I'm like, so this guy, I wouldn't do that. There's no way in the world I'd put that effort in if I was in his possession. I would have no idea what city I was in. Um, so I was impressed with that. Although I did, I have heard of a friend of a friend who also went to the concert and had a different takeaway where they said, isn't it amazing that Brisbane is Chris Martin's favorite city in the world? <laughs> and my friend said, well, what do you mean? And he goes, well, he said, he, on the concert, he said, I love being here. It's my favorite place to play. And it was like, oh, no. <laughs> you don't know that he says <laughs> that to everyone. <laughs> like, uh, of, of course he says that in whatever city he's in. But that's
1: the rock, that's the,
0: the band
1: equivalent of the stand-up comedian who finds out uh, who's, like, a, a famous person who of you course. can make fun of. Of course. I understand Warwick,
0: I understand he does that Kappa. in every city. But yeah. the
1: fact he even... Oh, does put- anyone here from Caboolture? Oh, I didn't know they let you out at night. <laughs> You know, some, something like that.
0: But I'm impressed he put that effort in. Yeah. Even, he's a even to do that, even to do that, even to ask someone what is a local reference I can make, that is more effort than I would put in if I was a rock star traveling the world, doing three years of a tour, going to every city.
1: I think you've turned me around. I think Coldplay are my favorite band now. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, thank you. Get in touch. AkaliPilkBoysPod at com. News of the day. I have one for this episode. Uh, UK News of the Day, 12th of January, 2002. Bong Pierce to play Bond again. After Goldfinger, Blofeld and Jaws, James Bond's next foe will be a male model. The celluloid spy has had a license to kill several ugly ugly villains, but uh, his next ad- adversary adversary is Rick Yoon, a former catwalk, mo- catwalk model for Ralph Lauren, and Versace. The film, with the working title Bond 20, begins in the demilitarised zone between North and South Korea with a hovercraft chase and continues via Hong Kong to Cuba, Iceland and London. Piers Brosnan, 48, today denied that this Bond would be his last, although he said that he did think about his age and the stamina required. I'll be doing another one, he added. Bond is mine and has been for some years. I would like to leave on a high. That would be wonderful." I'd love to do do another, certainly, but after that, I don't know. Now, that was of note to me, because the Bond he is referring to is Die Another Day. Just looked it up. Pierce Brosnan's last Uh,
0: appearance as Bond, and arguably one of the worst Bonds of all time. The uh, Brosnan ones, if you've watched them in recent years, as a kid, I thought they were amazing.
1: Oh, Goldeneye, still amazing. And even maybe you can argue, you can put a case to me... That Die Another Day is so ridiculous, it makes it good. Is this the one It's an invisible car yeah. and surfing on the oh, tidal the wave. Oh, the surfing
0: is so bad. <laughs> Doesn't he, he jumps, he's off a parachute, he lets go yep. of a parachute, lands on a, a wave that is uh, Caused by so
1: big. a glacier that has dropped into the ocean, which uh, triggered by the bad guy. And then the bad guy has the great line, global warming is a terrible thing.
0: Perfect. Screenwriting right there. <laughs> and, uh, is this also the one where he, there's a boat? that jumps out of the water onto the streets of Venice. Oh, is it Venice? I don't know, but it's some uh, European city, and the boat slides, but also, like so the momentum caused by it going across the water, then it goes out of the water and it slides. That's possible. But then it starts turning corners and like going down alleyways and stuff like that. Really? With the same momentum. It's like, okay, guys, how does that work?
1: Maybe we need to do a recap of Die Another Day. But it's
0: just not exaggerated enough to be funny. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's almost like... The concept of, of a Hazzardy. speedboat
1: <laughs> is taking turns know, on land. It's, it's hilarious. hilarious. That's really good. But they're good. not
0: playing it for laughs. Uh-huh. It's
1: a very serious... I bo- don't know if they know it's funny. Mm. And that, that feels like all die another day, is that a lot of... Like, this is great comedy, but they're playing it... Way too seriously. Yeah, Makes maybe it a we cringy. will look
0: back on those as great comedy yeah. in years to come.
1: Uh, let's get on to the Air Check, Series One Episode Eight. First break. Uh, so they were asked to fill in for breakfast over Christmas, oh. but Ricky didn't want to. Isn't this just a classic? But what a what a good move. But that wouldn't uh, like it, it would have been great for for me and other people who really love these shows. But no, it, like it knowing knowing when to yeah, say no, yeah. I think is important. But I love apology. that
0: they brought it up on air. Mm. Because doesn't that just make the person who said yes look like like that they weren't the first person they came mm-hmm. to? It's very yeah. it undermines them a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, Carl is drawn into a chat about Steve's height. Uh Carl believes that <laughs> his height has got him places.
0: Which is Is he referring to the fact that in the office he plays kind of a strange character?
1: Well no, that that hasn't happened
0: yet. Oh. Hasn't he been un- in the office?
1: No, so he's in series two. Oh. And I've looked at the timeline. These shows were right after Series One first aired, right. and it was not an overnight runaway hit. Oh, okay. So maybe that speaks to in the last episode we we're talking about, like that they're sort of treated as yeah, they're not one of the cool kids yeah. because it was a it, it built over time. Okay, the the, the fame of The Office. So. so
0: that's why that makes much more sense with how Steve's treated. So no one's seen him on screen yet.
1: No, oh. no, and like he, his clout saying, I'm. Well, in in the birthday episode, he like he got into that club by saying he's an XFM DJ. Not mm. I co-created one of the greatest <laughs> sitcoms of all time. Let me in. I'm Steve Merchant. So yeah, but uh, I don't know where being six foot seven where that could get you, other than where Steve points out, which is reaching things on a high shelf. Because I I'm six foot three, mm-hmm. and I have like I know I know that statistically it is an advantage to be male and uh, white and very tall. Mm. Uh, but, uh, man, I mean, it hasn't got me comfortable seats on
0: airplanes. Do you get um, asked to get things on high shelves in the shops? Uh, not as often as I would like to. Do you get bad looks at gigs well, also, when you stand in yes, front of people? Yes, I have
1: had that, yeah. 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 Uh, but, but it's not like you're much... You're about the same
0: height as me. 6'1". Mm, oh,
1: okay. Oh, well, then... <laughs> Whole oh,
0: total different story. I was actually when we walked into the building today. I was surprised how tall you are. I don't know why I haven't noticed that before. I was like, oh, I feel very short next to you. Just today of all days, yeah. not any of the other times I we've know, got, it's gone surfing or something. Uh, okay, second
1: break. Um, still talking about Steve's height. Believes it's a curse. And Carl asks the legendary question: Were you a tall baby? Which gets the first true laughter from Ricky.
0: See, this is the thing with Carl is. Um, He's almost, they're so close, aren't they? Mm. So that's not a bad question. If you think about what he meant, yeah, were maybe. you a big baby? Were you abnormally bigger than the other <laughs> but, babies? But using the, the, word tall, the word tall, because tall indicates you can stand, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, and so it's like, I think <laughs> you'd say a long baby, I guess. Yeah, well, a tall
1: baby. Continuing the theme of common things Ricky has no knowledge of, he'd never been bowling. Did you pick that up? No. I'm... I've never been bowling before. And you have to wear these special shoes. Yeah. Who doesn't know what bowling shoes are?
0: I wonder what Ricky's life was like. like. No,
1: very sheltered. Very sheltered, it seems. The fire alarm starts going off, and they tease Ricky for wanting to find out what happened. And it is a, it is a small detail, but it's actually Carl who starts the, the chicken, chicken bocking. Is <laughs> the, it? See, yeah. I
0: couldn't tell who was doing it.
1: I love that. Uh, so next break, there was no fire. Steve tells the story of being the meeting point for the two girls on New Year's
0: Eve. <laughs>
1: Steve is a human landmark.
0: That's pretty funny. And then <laughs> that was right. an example of uh, also Carl trying to add a joke to it and it didn't work. Which one? He says at the end of uh, it, oh, and that's funny because there's a big tower in that, um, in that yeah, square. Yeah, Nelson's Column. Yeah, a, and, they, yeah. and they still... They still chose you. And no one really laughs and Ricky kind of does some innuendo and that gets them out yeah. on a laugh. Uh, break 4 uh the the steve says that management have
1: told us not to speak to carl <laughs> see but i'd love to know what those e- emails
0: and were. and then how they reflect on them now also
1: who the management yeah or, the management or, yeah.
0: because in my in my experience they would spin it some way that they were still right in that advice even though it went on to be a much better show and i imagine all three of those people are much more successful in their Careers by every measurement than the radio manager was twenty years on,
1: but put yourself in a if I put myself in a radio manager's shoes, I probably would have given similar really because it because none of this follows
0: how a radio show should go but but think about like yes, yeah, so and if, if you're, you're think...
1: just using what you've been learned and trained over years of experience, yeah okay sure yeah I like to think that I would be, nah, throw out the rule book. But it, But I don't know. I, I feel like just generally I'm a bit of a rule follower.
0: so I'd love to hear from someone like Christian O'Connell, someone, another show on the station at the time, if Carl ever made appearances on other shows and what was he like? And was, was he treated as just that they were? They because there's the tall baby thing. There is certainly a personality that would go, oh, you mean long. And doesn 't laugh at it and just answers the question straight, and is very sincere in yeah there.
1: yeah oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah that's interesting yeah that it it takes that like, again that takes the, it 's why this is so special because it 's special because it takes all of those ingredients to make what happened happen, happen. Mm. it it takes that Ricky is the kind of person to to take that thread and and point it out for the comedy it, it, that it is and run with it. They then get on to Steve's search for size 15 shoes in the US and uh, sa- salespeople laughing at him until he found the big and tall
0: shop. Uh, they like to... Um, see, this episode is where Steve, he gets quite mean on a number of occasions <laughs> towards people. And I guess this one, he's, like, including himself in it. But some of these descriptions of some of the other people at the store are oh, not very... The freaks? ...are not very nice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I've got... Uh, I relate to Steve' search for shoes. I've got a very big head. Okay, it's sixty-four centimeters around. It's mm-hmm. I can't find hats. You know, and it's
0: I, in proportion though. Thank you. See, I wouldn't I recognize that you wouldn't had a big know. Head,
1: you yeah. wouldn't know to look at it. But I had a similar experience to Steve in a foreign country looking for shoes. I was in Italy looking for a hat, yep. and there was a markets and went up to a guy and I said, "Head's very big. I don't think you'll have anything." It's like, no, 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 no. There's no chance. Mm-hmm. I won't have a hat that fits your head. It cuts it 10 minutes later of trying hat after hat. He did say, It's not normal.
0: Your head you, is not normal. How did you communicate it? Were you just pointing to your head saying, Venti, H- Venti? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that mean 20? <laughs> I don't, isn't that Venti? large at Starbucks?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure he would have got that reference. He would have made the connection. Venti, large cup, yeah, big hat. Um, hats, not my, not, oh, I just can't do hats. I see you've got a great LA.
0: Dodger's hat, a mm. red one. Mm. Interestingly, a mm. burgundy-coloured one. Yeah, it started out as maroon, and it's kind of gone a bit red. Yeah, oh. the yeah, I don't. Uh, most hats fit my head. It's, it seems to be that I'm within the bell curve of normal hat sizes. But I did have a friend who couldn't. He had refused. His head looked completely normal. And, but it must have just been a sticking point. These funny things that sometimes you're self-conscious about that I'm like trying to convince him. I'm like, nobody thinks your head's big, but he refused to wear hats because he said it made his head look big. The hat made his head look big? Yeah, well, just because it was tight, he thinks that they fit him tight. Uh. And if it doesn't fit tight, it draws attention to the fact that it's big. Do you have any... Are you happy to wear hats? Are you I'll wear a hat anything? if it fits me.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I, I, think, I think my problem is, is it's a, I, have a, I have a long head. You just can't really <laughs> okay. tell because it's in proportion, but yep. that's yep. it's it's longer than it is wide. Mm. Uh, anyway, um, they talk about the uh, uh the sexiest cartoon, which is a, a bit of a hacky radio topic, <laughs> yeah. That one's been done a few times, yeah. but maybe
0: it hadn't at that time.
1: And the familiar, the familiar, uh, was particularly Jessica.
0: Well, Rab- we did Rabbit that on up. my radio show. Who's the sexiest cartoon character? That was because my co-host had had a sexy dream about Marge Simpson. <laughs> Which I feel like is an organic way of getting into that conversation. A sexy dream? Did you go back over how that had happened? Had he been searching particular things on I the did. internet? It because it is ago. out there. Is, is, is it? Uh, well, we didn't go down that it's rabbit hole. Sexy Marge but maybe Simpson we cartoons. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a very strange one. Maybe, I think the topic might have been like uh, unconventional. Okay. You know, strange choices for attraction to cartoon characters. Uh, do you remember what was the weirdest one? Did you get any particular? I don't remember anything no? except Marge.
1: Okay. Uh, break five, they cover off that, the, the incorrect um, trivia about how much bigger the sun is than the moon. And then Carl tells everyone about how the baguette came about. And this is where I mentioned earlier... Good producing from Steve, draws it out. So then uh, uh, break six is when Carl gives him the story. Uh, This is what becomes a feature of the show, is Carl educating them. Right. And the entertainment comes from what he gets wrong or misinterprets or just fills in
0: the blanks. Again, he's very close- He's got most of the story there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is an example of him, you know, not getting it exactly right, and the thing that he messes up isn't particularly all that funny. But the clinking of the glasses... And well, the bag Steve... gets one, and then the tinking of the oh, glasses, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, next, yeah is, is, is the next one. And he gets
1: most of it right. But, I, but one of... It becomes Carl's favourite phrase of introducing a story is... Ages ago, <laughs> he just gets it like, oh, well, well, ages ago, only people with money had drinking or someone, but then yeah, the, the, the details are more or less accurate.
0: And he might be responding. He might be responding to his management, management's advice in this story as well. Cause he starts it and then says to Steve, well, you know it, Steve, you tell it. And mm. they go, and Carl, uh, uh, yeah, Ricky jumps in and he goes, no, 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 no. Like, he's like, no, we're not doing that. He's like, you tell it. And so, I wonder if Carl's kind of, like, is trying to go along with some advice he's also been given of, like, no nah, mate, zip it.
1: Yeah. You get that a bit in these early episodes, He's a bit of hesitancy, a mm-hmm. bit of resistance, a bit of, like, he doesn't really want to be involved. No, that's involved. what makes it so great. Yeah. And then he just seems like he forgets that. He forgets that they're <laughs> even on the radio and they're just having, having a chat. That's when, like, that's when he's at his best. Break 8, they talk about Christmas. Uh, Ricky tells the story of uh, that his friend told him about the couple who are having the argument. Uh, the man shits himself every time they go <laughs> drinking, and Carl points cubes. out that the uh, the ice cubes
0: is the risk. Again, not a bad observation. That is oh. that is something to look out for in countries where you can't drink the water. Yeah, be careful of the ice ice cubes. But every single time, as Ricky points out, mm, maybe not. I think there's some sort of gluten
1: intolerance or maybe a celiac issue Yeah, I think that perhaps wasn't as a front of mind as it is now what back does, in 2001 what
0: does the uh, in the story the person says it's not the drinking it's the weather is it's that the what they weather. Say? it's the weather what, like you, you sheet your pants every the time warm, it's the warm humid weather it gets oh it's, oh, it's, oh, it's just hit 30 oh, degrees it's,
1: <laughs> the, it's the humid weather <laughs> don't come to Brisbane Jesus break 9 uh, they recap the show things that they've done I, again hacky skewering of the flintstones which now is hacky i don't know i don't know you can't
0: do you think it was it it was which which oh, flintstones the, character you you're attracted to you want
1: to have sex with yeah no they, they're they breaking it down of like oh i don't think you know the the waitress at the uh, the drive-ins who puts the big ribs and it tips the car over do you think that was her first day yes it's all i don't know it feels very 80s stand-up comedy
0: yeah it feels very airplane food but it's a fine line, isn't it? Because we spoke about the a few episodes ago. There was the giant. They yeah. had their chat about giants. I'm like, it's not too dissimilar. No, it's just, but I think the it's, way it's executed, it's I guess. more and and
1: it's a bit more pop culturey. Yeah, true. Than than the jolly green giant. Uh, Ricky's joke about the overweight man on Jerry Springer and the the that, when he gets to 500 stone, mm. don't you think that is a lot for a, a land mammal? That's a joke from his stand-up special Animals. There's been a couple of them so far. Okay, I got to look up when that came out because I think he was, if not
0: already doing the show live, it's not far away. Because Ricky refers to his own size there as well, uh, in stones, mm. and it meant nothing to me. I remember thinking, I wonder how big that is, and then I never looked it up. That's a that is a difference. In Australia, we don't use we use the metric system all the way. Yeah. So, but England also uses. Um, Do they use a metric system? Yeah, of course they do. Right? No? (laughs) You're you're staring at me weird. They use kilometers. (laughs) They don't use miles. No, no, no. Um, I'm
1: Googling. Quick vamp. Fill time. Also, anyone who knows the answer to no, this is America, shouting at their America podcast. America are writer. the
0: only ones who use Britain.
1: Britain is officially metric, in line with the rest of Europe. However, imperial measurements are still in use, especially for road distances, okay. which are measured in miles. Oh, there you go. Imperial pints and gallons are twenty percent larger than US measures. Well, that's even more complicated. Yeah,
0: this is confusing. Uh,
1: the official, me- me- uh, yes, metric measurements are the official method, and nearly everything is sold in meters. And they're subunits, but inches are widely understood. Yeah. That's what I thought. I
0: thought maybe yeah. s- doing weight in stone was just like a tradition, mm. you know, just left over.
1: Well, it's like, oh, I, you know, I still, we still, I think it's pretty common to still talk
0: about height in feet and inches. Yeah, that's true, actually. Rather than centimetres. When I had a baby recently, the uh, pounds, yeah. pounds is out. Pa- no, no one does it anymore.
1: Oh, you only At do- At least not
0: here, anyway. Oh, yeah, everyone does kilograms now, and it's
1: kind. But of- But it's more satisfying to say like, oh, nine
0: nine pounds." Well, I felt like that? I only just like learned three, 3. point two. Were. Yeah, <laughs> okay. you know, I only just learned the conversion, and now I'm being told it's out. We're not doing that anymore. And I'm like, was well, why did away I learn it from you? I think we should just do small, medium, large with babies. It's much easier. Because I had to, when everyone would go nine pound, it goes that big. How big <laughs> is it? And they'd go, "Well, a big you need one's the context. Yeah, a big ones ten. Average is six. And I go, oh, that's pretty big then. Why don't we just go small, medium, large? Like a T-shirt. Treat babies like a T-shirt. That's right. Okay. Zach Mander says, treat babies like a T-shirt. Give us a bit of context. <laughs> that's what you could do.
1: You could go a watermelon. Well, uh, well, it's okay. a watermelon size and you go, whoa. New parents should always put a banana for scale Yes. in photos with their newborns. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. If a particular big baby, put it next to a watermelon. You yes. go, wow, that is huge. Uh Steve does his bit about um Scooby Doo how he would uh, ma- he he would make a play for Daphne but that would ruin his chances with Velma which is a bit of a hint uh, towards his uh what would become his character in his TV show Hello Ladies. Have you ever seen it? No. Only did one series on HBO and then did a wrap-up movie. Really good. Okay. Really really good. He teamed up with some of the people from the US office and the movie fa- the the wrap-up TV movie has one of the great uh, celebrity cameo comedy things. There's a thing with Steve's character and Nicole Kidman. It mm. is so funny.
0: It is all-time funny. I don't want to get too off-topic here, but I noticed you put up a photo on Instagram yesterday. You told me you refused to watch the U.S. office. You said that you just can't get over how much worse it is than the English one, and I saw a photo on your Instagram of a TV playing the U.S. office.
1: Okay. Well, here's the interesting thing about
0: people is is they can change. Yeah. Uh, is they this, can is evolve. This, you know what I think the change might be the catalyst. <clears throat> is this a girlfriend-related thing? Yep. <laughs> yep. <also.
1: laughs> yeah, my like When, I, think when I first
0: spoke to you about this uh, opinion <laughs> about the US Office, I don't think you, I don't think you guys were seeing each other yet. No, but since so. then,
1: uh, things have changed for yeah. sure. And um, and so she's pretty well into it. She's into like season four or five we're watching now. So I, I've I've missed. I've skipped all of the early part mm-hmm. where it was finding its feet and was a little too much trying to be like, yes. you know, just a version of. Because I know the, the first, first episode season. is is a shot for shot remake yeah. of the first. Well, UK in the first one.
0: season, that he, even I watched some interviews the other day, and Steve Carell's talking about how you won't like his character. He's like, you know, you'll you'll love to hate him, and that's certainly not where the character ends up. It's a very lovable character in the end, right? But I think they were trying to do the David Brent thing, yeah. But they've realized that Steve Carell has a different skill set. And it's good. Do you like it?
1: For what? So, four and so five? now the show is its own show. Yeah, it's And good. that's people have told me that before, but I just haven't given it a chance. Just and, don't and, compare and it, it. If you don't compare it. Yeah, it, it's in its own right, yeah, it's yeah. funny. There's some really, really funny stuff. There is there is a little too much stuff which where think character choices and character plot lines and car- what things characters say are just they're just not. From planet Earth, no, that's
0: right. It's, that, no, it's a too, TV
1: show. There's too many thi- like there's th- th- things that Dwight says or reacts to in a certain way. I go, well, if so, if he did that, it, you would he would end up in a mental institution. Right. He he is not
0: well. There's a, you have to. There's a suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Whereas the UK one is a reflection. It's meant. It's a comment. Yes. On what officers are like. And it's like, it's uh, the line between reality. It's only slightly, you know, you watch it and you go, I know that guy. I remember my dad doing that watching the the UK office, he goes, I've worked with people like that. And he's like laughing his head off and he goes, there's people like that. There's people like that. You don't say that with the US one. It's not those people, those characters are funny characters. They're not people you know. Right. Whereas I think that's a lot of the humor with the UK one. They're replicating the, the little things that happen in offices so well and the observation of identifying them and just putting a bit of a skew on them. Whereas the US one is a very, it's a TV show where they have prepared jokes.
1: So UK office more of a laugh of recognition. I think so. That's my theory. And US office more of a laugh at the wacky comedy. Well, I don't know if characters. this is uh, but, uh, but this there is, is some
0: there is some good yeah, observation. Yeah, there's stuff, some good observation. Really, yeah. The, but the the observation is in the emotional. So you can relate to Steve Carell's some of, uh, like the idea of feeling left out or, uh, the idea of, uh, and that's when it gets better is when you start to get some background of his upbringing and why he might be the way he is. And he mm-hmm. always wants to be involved, but he's as a much softer wanting to be involved. Whereas David mm-hmm. Brent is, he wants to be mm-hmm. attention, wants to be famous. He wants You know, uh, it's a little more on the nose. Michael
1: Scott and David Brent both have that key thing in common: is that the the reason you root for them is that they just want love, and they but they're just going about it the wrong way. That's right, and that's what's so like funny is.
0: And I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if this is just folklore, but I've heard with the UK Office that when it first aired, the BBC got complaints. Of people who thought it was thought a documentary. It, yeah. Like, that guy is so unlikable. That not realising that it was a joke. Whereas, you're never going to do that with the US one. It's very obviously a comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, back on the show. So, the, the talk
1: about Scooby-Doo and Velma leads Steve to the uh, the quote, well, the joke. It is a joke. He delivers it as a joke. Have you seen some lesbians? They're right dogs. Which brings me to a new segment in this show. Do you think Carl considered hitting the dump button?
0: (laughs) That's a very good question because I noticed the top comment on this, uh, on this on the YouTube clip was, imagine if you said that on radio in 2020. And yeah, you'd be instantly, the show would be canned Mm. instantly. Not only, well, I guess they could have dumped it. Could they dump then? I know in some countries, you know, in New Zealand, they don't even have the concept of dumping. It's live to air the whole time. Wow, There's no delay. New Zealand radio is still the Wild West. So uh, you think that, yeah, I don't know. Because usually the big thing is, the thing that you're listening out for are swear words. There's, you know, the big five. I don't know what the big five are. Oh, it, what, isn't it like George Carlin's the seven words you can't say on? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not sure, but we do go through training on like what's considered a slur. What are the big five? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've mentioned before that I usually, I'll give out a number before I know how to fill it. <laughs> so, I don't know. I can think of two yeah. big bad ones. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the big bad ones. And then, well, I, know, I love that we're dancing around not just saying that. I them. guess we could say them on this. We could. I yeah, don't know. I might yeah, have to put an yeah. explicit thing. Yeah. But I'm, I'm also, we not don't need to. That you to know what it on Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, we're you, both so, radio. So you, we're very trained to not swear. So the, the the big swear words are the ones that you'd instantly dump. But the ones where <laughs> you're... A joke where you're being offensive is the one where it's, you go, I don't know if I should dump that or not.
1: Yeah. Uh, I liked it. I, I would think that... The answer would be no, particularly in a couple episodes' time. <laughs> something that <laughs> Carl says, yeah, right, is so unsavory, but he says it so innocently and so sincerely that um, probably not. Also, look again, two thousand one, edgy, shock jock, uh, the height of shock jock, Howard Stern, that mm. sort of radio.
0: Maybe that's what they're trying to do, but certainly in the mo- these days that would not be considered and in, something yeah, that in, would be okay to it, say
1: in the moment. You know, a moment of madness. Maybe right after Steve was like, oh, "I don't know about that one." But uh, whoops, whoops. Oh well, move have on. This is radio. No one's going to be listening to this again in twenty, 20 years time. time. Have you? <clears throat> did you have to dump much in your life? I've dumped a few times, mostly swear words. Yeah, mostly callers who yep. who say fuck.
0: Yeah, that's most of it.
1: Yeah, and then you go,
0: Ugh, and then
1: yeah. Uh, break ten uh, is when they bring up Ricky's pop star pass from Shona dancing. Uh, Steve missed it and can't see it So he's like, oh, I didn't see your appearance on this show Where they showed the clip He wants to see it, but again, this is the time This is 2002 uh, So he essentially pitches the idea for YouTube <laughs> What does he say? He says, maybe someone could put the clip uh, on a website And it just plays on a continuous loop
0: True If well, only we, uh, he'd uh, What's YouTube 2006? <sighs> yeah, it is it's 2006. You, said, you
1: said that very confidently yeah. So I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll say that sounds about right um, and then at the last break of the show, break eleven, they recap the show, and uh, Steve went to a preview screening of Crossroads, and Ricky does not care, but uh, um, Steve is really trying to goad them into. Uh, uh, but isn't he the, really wants to highlight that he can't tell any details?
0: Isn't the embargo? Uh, it's really long, uh, two I think. months away. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really long. He embargo- said he can't say anything till March. Isn't <clears throat> this January? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. what? What's going on there?
1: Yeah, it's certainly, you know, different to now. Just last week, Zach, I invited you to the Brisbane premiere of Space Jam 2, a new legacy. The embargo was was like uh, two days. Um, What can you talk about? I'm a giant- Is it outside
0: of the embargo period? I don't
1: know. I don't know. Uh, Well, if it's not, this next bit will be cut out, but- uh, (laughs) As if I
0: care. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, this- very niche <laughs> podcast you know ruined they don't everything. Care either. They don't care. No,
1: it's already it's screening. Uh, I'm a I'm a, I'm a big big LeBron James fan. Okay, uh, this film. This m- movie was so bad. Right. See, it, I noticed that you slightly
0: phrased a- it from uh, film to movie. Yeah. It doesn't even get the film status.
1: It slightly affects my opinion. Oh, no. I think it's uh, at risk of uh, damaging LeBron's legacy. Not really, but uh, it's really bad. It really?
0: Good for kids? Is it a good kids uh,
1: movie? I, I, I. No. I can't. There's a lot. It, it, it's a real showcase of. Um, it's like them going, "Hey, look at all this IP that we have at Warner See, Brothers." Didn't I
0: mention this a few episodes ago, as an example of like the fact that they just have this IP, but they don't have an idea. Like it's not; it's they're not bringing it out because it's a good idea. They're bringing it out because they have something that people remember.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah. we
0: should remember. Like everyone remembers Space Jam. Let's do a new version. Well, they go even
1: harder in the movie of that because there is this whole the the. the None of it makes much sense at all, but the bad guy is an algorithm who lives in the Uh serververse. And so, when LeBron James and his son are sucked into the serververse, they're flying through the Warner Brothers serververse, and it's like, there's Game of Thrones world. There's Harry Potter world, and you see little Uh, glimpses of things. Um, And then when they're playing the actual big basketball game against each other- all characters from Warner Brothers' IP are in the crowd watching. So you see the Flintstones, mm. you see the Iron Giant, and you see Pennywise from It on the sidelines. You see
0: Voldemort. It's really just, it's just a marketer's dream. Every yeah. moment. Uh, that reminds me, is it this episode? It might have been the last episode, maybe we forgot to talk about it, but where Ricky really gets stuck into adults who are reading Harry Potter. Yeah, I was it this one? Episode.
1: Or was it last episode? I think it is yeah. last episode. And um, it, It's overweight people and
0: people who are into Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Yeah. But he, They are savage about But he really goes after adults who are reading Harry Potter. Why it reminded me of it is it's, when- his last
1: episode with Claire Sturgis,
0: yeah. When yeah. you're saying Harry Potter World, um, I went to- Where is that? Universal In Studios? LA. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have a Harry Potter World. I'm like, yeah. well, isn't this so funny that 20 years ago he's talking about how- Imagine being an adult who reads- A a kid's book, flash forward 20 years, there's like a whole theme park (laughs) dedicated to adults going and like (laughs) picking out your wand, picking out your cape. Oh, what, you know, what house am I in? Yeah. Ricky and Steve- come a long way. On the wrong side of history when it comes to (laughs) fan
1: culture. Certainly. And it it has titled Comic-Con and everything. It has taken over the world. But uh, last thing on, uh, on Space Jam 2 is there's a lot of, old references like really old there's a casablanca scene right because that's warner brothers there's bugs bunny is flying a spaceship and he goes into this whole uh star trek parody right like old star trek interesting like who so that's why i think like when you said is it a good kids movie i go i don't know i don't know if if, like it's got all the colors and stuff but anyway i went home and watched the first space jam just as a palate cleanser
0: after that experience The first space Jam, I think, realizes what it's doing. Like it's self reference.
1: and it's good. And it, it's it 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 um logically within the logic of this ridiculous movie, the story makes sense. Like yeah. it is about the Looney Tunes, who are challenged, and the, even the way that a basketball comes up comes up makes sense because the the bad guys are little. They're like, oh, they're little. Let's play basketball. Yeah. Um, and they need they need someone's help so they go and get the best basketball player in the world michael jordan this the sequel it's it's a story about lebron james and his kid and then the looney tunes it's just arbitrarily thrown in there yeah. and the concept of a basketball game anyway um i give it a, a d minus <clears throat> wouldn't it be making uh ricky's film
0: reviews then because they're only no n- nine,
1: nine stars or above uh but final point, circling all the way back to what they were talking about in this last break, the preview screening of Crossroads, I like it as, a, as it speaks to the time of their careers, like how chuffed
0: Steve is That's right. that he got invited to a press screening. Which is the type of thing that you get really excited about early on. And then later on you realize, especially in the city we live in, in Brisbane, it's not a small city. It is a a sizable city, but it's not an LA. It's not a New York. It's not a Melbourne. It's not a Sydney. And so you realize, oh, they have to fill a cinema with media types. So yeah, that that barrel is is pretty bare to begin with. (laughs) So what classifies as a media type is uh, a little sparse. But when you first get invited to these things, you're like,
1: wow. Wow, so glamorous. Glamorous. And that is where Steve is at at this time. Key phrases, are important phrases in the development of Ricky Steven- Steve's relationship with Carl. Didn't note any down for this episode. Favourite bit?
0: This is uh, the baguette-shaped hole in the bag. I thought that was, my f- that was probably my favourite line. It's I guess you was
1: just going. <laughs> <laughs> so is there a baguette-shaped gap left in their hold-all? They thought, let's make some bread that you can fit down your trouser leg.
0: What? That's not true! It <laughs> that's no, it's not, no Carl! I read it in Houston train station. That line, but also then, um, uh, does what What are they talking about later where Carl does a great callback? And he says, well, don't put the baguette down his pants fan."
1: Yeah, the guy on holiday shitting his pants. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Don't good. get him to hold the baguettes. Uh, I like the Carl's... Just the whole story, but particularly how he starts the story of why people tink their glasses before having a drink. Ages ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> only people with money are drinking or something. That's not one of my film reviews. So that's series one, episode eight. Next week, episode nine, which is a great show. Excellent. I, was, I feel like we've uh, had a bit of a the last couple last of episodes. The last two have been slightly, you know, forgettable. Yeah. Um, a, episode nine, great show. Arguably it's the one where where it starts to really find its feet, the show. Uh, they launch another iconic segment for the first time next episode. Carl really has a breakout show and Ricky says the words you might be the most interesting man in the world. Okay. Great. So that's a big one. Coming up next week, contact us, uh, Pod at gmail.com. Zach Mander on TikTok or Instagram, David Ferrier Cartoons, where you can find me on Instagram. Uh, Email us, get in touch, uh, and we will see you on the next one. See you, Zach. Bye. I don't like moaning anyway. Just... (laughs)